0: Good day, naked vocalist Steve Giles, Chris Johnson. I've taken your tone on there. I don't know why. Mimicking. I it, felt like again, it was quite tense. Steve Giles. It's like the news.
1: This is Should I have changed t- it? This is fun. Okay, let's restart start again, but okay, just imagine you hadn't. Good day, Steve Giles, Chris Johnson, naked vocalist. <laughs> Slipped that one in.
0: (laughs) Slipped it in last week. Welcome to our show. Um, We're we're glad to be back providing excellent content again. That's a review for me. I don't know (laughs) if anybody's ever
1: actually actually written that. Shall I give it a review? (laughs) Go on then. Vocal coaches with comedy. Which one's first? Up to you really, you can choose. Comedy. Funny. Funny. Funny guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... We're back again with uh, some more stuff, but before we get into that, which is wonderful today, isn't it? Really it's great, quite awesome episode um, with Rachel Lawrence. Um, but before we get into that, just a very brief bit of news. Apart from us
1: just being a bit more brilliant, and then it's Christmas, and then it's Chris. That is big news, isn't it? I want to just very quickly just skip this very quickly. But what what are your views on Christmas? I just need.
0: I just don't. I don't know.
1: <laughs> don't get me wrong, right? I
0: like it. I like it for friends, and and primarily having a few beers, as that very rarely happens during the year. So I enjoy the holiday side of it—the hanging out, watching films with my little slippers on. But Christmas Day, it just it just gets a bit much, doesn't it? Why do it
1: get a bit much?
0: <laughs> it's just because my family—they're they're they're quite awesome. In, in a unique way. <laughs> but, but you know those kind of families that we're one of them. If you, put, if you put us in a room, things just get out of hand, you know?
1: And you, you feel like you need to escape? Everyone,
0: everyone starts to argue because right. we're all in the same room. And a bit drunk. Yeah, and my sister Claire starts throwing it. Well, last year she just threw her crisps everywhere. And Dad's had a few too many beers, you know, yeah. cooking the dinner, getting frustrated that the sprouts or the potatoes are taking too long. It's not the picture you would ideally create at Christmas, that? <laughs> no. I just like it to be a bit more relaxed than that, you know. I quite like to put... You know when Dad says, we have to talk to each other at Christmas, we must talk to each other. Right. But I'm quite happy watching that Don't like animated it. film at three o'clock. feels forced. It does feel forced. Right. Well, happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs> you led me into that. <laughs> I knew what the answer would be. That's what like. do you feel like, Christmas? One word. Love it. Oh, brilliant. That was two. <laughs> anyway, right. I, know I love Christmas, move on. Um, we are, yes, we got together with the Vocology in Practice, VIP for short, um, teachers in the UK this week or last weekend, to discuss wonderful plans we have with them about new education and events.
1: Yeah, forces come together, really talented, experienced and knowledgeable people, and it was just so great to kind of knock heads on Sunday, wasn't it, with those guys and just have a, have a chat, like you say, about some events we're going to put on which are going to be really exciting over the next 12 months and yeah, loads of stuff, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, really and great. as a
0: collective we're just going to bring some information out there to the singers
1: to help everyone out. Yeah, and we will, we will link to the Vocology and Practice page and Facebook page just so you can keep an eye on what's going on there in the show notes, right? Right on. Okay, so on to today, we will get into this quick because it's such brilliant information. Rachel Lawrence, all the way from L.A., and New York. And New York, she does a bit of both. She today is talking about musical theatre, as she is the queen of musical theatre. She's dealing with, amongst other things, ways to deal with eight shows a week, which is, I guess is quite important for most people on stage. That's quite a schedule, and that's what you can expect when you're in the
0: musical theatre world, and some more. Um, she also spoke about character voices, and how that can sort of... How you can deal with that generally, because they are
1: a bit more uh strenuous, yeah and, and how techniques kind of slides into that and how and how you can get the balance there it's awesome, yeah. How to succeed in an audition is a really important one from her. She's been in the audition room, she's been on both sides, she's been behind the piano in the audition room, she's done everything, so she's really the person to speak to if you want to know how to get through an audition. Yep, song choices, um, the way you are, how
0: you sing, all that kind of stuff makes a difference to the the auditioners. So shall we do it? Let's do it. Here she is, the lovely, voiced, smooth American lady who we both would you know, love to settle down with, essentially.
1: She's a lovely lady. She's a
0: lovely lady. If she ever becomes available, I will send her a letter. She's getting married, mate. Oh, yeah, I know. We mentioned that a lot, but enjoy it. Hello, Rachel. Hi. What time is it there in the US?
2: It is 2.10pm.
0: Well, it's quite late here. It's ten past ten. We are oh, eating into my bedtime.
2: Yes, I will make this quick
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't. Really hang on. I'll be honest, but when, <laughs> when we got into a second ago, I did say to Chris, I'm so glad that Rachel's going to be doing most of the talking tonight. Because <laughs> it's late. It's been a long day. <laughs> so be prepared. <laughs> so we have but Rachel... are
2: acting like old grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that would be a great description of us, really. Um, so uh, so for for anyone listening, we have the wonderful Rachel Lawrence on, who is us-based vocal coach with a speciality in musical theater and many many other things including songwriting you even do piano lessons uh, where you're at you've been involved with glee and gray's anatomy and a million other high profile projects but rather than me sort of garble them out a billion I'm, I'm sure you're not even old enough I to fit that many in i think
2: it's closer to a billion <laughs>
0: okay that sounds like it so so try and summarize a billion for us just now
2: it's a lot
0: <laughs> that's a great word it's just lots so uh so tell us a bit more about yourself then and what you've been doing over the past uh well is it 15 years oh
2: wow yes is it that long um well, I I basically fell in love with helping people with their music dreams, and uh, I live in LA, I also work in New York, so I get to be around some very cool people and get involved with very cool projects that I might not have been able to get involved with if I lived in other cities. Um, as, as most people know, Los Angeles and New York are, are, are kind of known for being the arts epicenter and uh, I have such a great time with the different aspects of the arts. Sometimes I'm working in television and sometimes I'm working in theatre and sometimes I'm working in the recording studio. Uh, so I get, um, every day is different for me.
0: Amazing. How did, it, how did that all kick off essentially? When did you get your first sort of uh, sort of major job helping out with TV or, or Broadway?
2: Oh, well, I went to theater school at the University of Southern California, and I would have to say that my friends started taking lessons with me out of college, and and uh, those friends became clients who got in shows on Broadway. And um, so I, I've become a part of that community, uh, I think, mainly from being friends with those performers in college, I think that's how it all kind of started. And I loved traveling to New York and I would see all the shows and meet people there. Um, So just kind of socially, I think it it happened that way. Um, As far as getting involved in uh, television projects, I was just referred by clients who were taking from me, uh, who were working in the industry. So again, being in the cities where these projects are happening, I think, helped, and obviously, these clients liked what what I was doing for them enough to refer me to some of these bigger projects.
0: Brilliant, awesome. Okay, that sounds amazing. And what is your what's your history then in terms of vocal teaching? How has that been carved out over the over your career?
2: Um, I was studying like everybody else. I wanted to maybe get into, you know going to New York and trying to get on Broadway, be in musicals, do tours in, uh, at school when I was a theater major at USC. And while I was there, I had an opportunity to musically direct the main stage USC musical as a junior. Uh, I'm not sure why they thought I was capable of doing this. But
0: <laughs> so was a big yeah. job.
2: Yeah, I, I was totally shocked. I think they knew I played the piano and I loved musicals and I was helping some of my friends um, out with auditions and, and other such things and little student shows. But uh, that was pretty major for me as, as a junior. And um, that really changed my entire path. And after that show, people started calling me for lessons. So it just kind of fell into my lap, and I was training with uh, some wonderful coaches out here that you might be familiar with. Wendy Parr is was the my my main inspiration. Uh, she started me. She was very interested in, in what I could be as a teacher, and she and she encouraged me to try it. And I just started teaching. I started. Learning, I started researching more. I started taking more lessons with different coaches to get an idea of how they taught, and I would. Um, you kind of just learn as you go. I think that's part of the beauty of of doing it for such a long time. Is you learn from the people that you're coaching.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and just for anybody listening at home, uh, Wendy Parr was one of the master teachers for speech level singing and yes. so she would have started your your that's that's kind of where your background began isn't it
2: yes through Seth Riggs and speech level singing and Wendy Parr um along with Dave Stroud who's I know has been on your show yeah um and uh, John Henney and a few other really amazing teachers I met uh back in the 90s uh, when I was a student, and I became part of this wonderful group of teachers who really want the best for their singers and clients.
0: Back in the '90s, when we were at school, mm. you might like to know that. does, yeah, that, does that make that you feel good? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you were well, in, you were in older school, the older school that we weren't eligible for quite at that time, so.
2: Oh right, okay. Yeah. yeah, I I was I was definitely in school when I met all these wonderful people. So it was a great time because you're still developing as a human being, and it was so nice to have this kind of family um, evolving.
1: Yeah, probably taking so much inspiration from those guys being being younger as well. But is that in New York? I mean, because um, Wendy is was New York based, and what is your what's your situation? Because you you're kind of. All over the place, aren't you?
2: Yes, about four and a half years ago, i it was actually more of a personal decision rather than a business decision. I just wanted some sort of next step. All my friends were getting married and having babies, and I was not.
0: <laughs> Forever young.
2: I was like, well, my career's going great, but you know, maybe there's some sort of next step that I can take if... Maybe is and, and, and you know, starting a family isn't in the cards for me just yet. So um, my parents are originally from Brooklyn, and I obviously have a huge obsession with musical theater. And I thought, what if I started just going to New York once in a while and tried to teach there, and at night I could see shows? Um, so I, I made a pact with myself that I would go to New York for four days every month for six months, whether I had one client or I had 50 and just try it out and see what it felt like to fly across the country once a month and, and develop a a business out there. And, uh, my first week out there, I had 12 clients. Wow! I just put the word out, sent emails out. I think Facebook had just kind of started, I put out some sort of message and uh, I booked enough clients to make it worth going back after the six months and now when I go I'm, I'm pretty much sold out every time I go and it's just a blessing uh, I get to see wonderful shows, I get to see my clients in the shows I get very high profile clients that are sending me other clients in the shows already and that's very exciting to work with those people and I also get to teach with a wonderful company called, um, the Broadway workshop. And I get to do lectures and seminars with young kids and, uh, get to help, you know, realize their Broadway dreams. So it's That's, great. That and sounds then I get to eat pizza and cheesecake and
0: <laughs> which gets out of control probably it
2: gets out of control i come home 10 pounds heavier and then i got to work it off until I like, until the next month so new york has become a, a a wonderful thing for me i'm going a little less often now after four and a half years i think i'm going every other month about now
0: so that's less but, um, of a yo-yo diet then mm. yes <laughs> yeah.
1: not back and forth shape. <laughs> yeah well it seems like you made the right choice in terms of uh ditching the marriage you could probably just buy one in a packet now
0: anyway yeah. so it doesn't really matter and a kid yes
2: i'm yeah. very lucky to uh, to announce that i i did get engaged a few months ago so
0: and because this is only audio yeah. by the way people um you have a rock you have you have somebody somebody put something on it didn't they
2: i, I yes they liked it and they put a ring on it <laughs>
0: Uh-huh. i so got that lyric like really <laughs> wrong <laughs> that's what i like, meant like, to you know, say
2: well, since that song came out like, <laughs> then, then you better put a ring on it
1: they popped a ring on it so
2: he put a ring on it
1: so, so what i'm, saying, if it, if I'm it, very
2: excited
1: congrats by Congratulations, the way. yeah. if anybody at home could actually see rachel now you would you'd see that she can't keep the hand out of the out of the shot which yeah is... we keep
0: saying it's, this is not video rachel just <laughs> stop showing off your ring um, I'm
2: doing a puppet
0: hand with my... <laughs> a, sock, a sock puppet. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I'm well, well, congratulations. Now, we, we are going to um, bombard you with questions that we have received <laughs> from, our, from our audience with regards to, well, some of it's around, you know, the industry itself and around maybe technique and how you cope with uh, the workload. Um, and so uh, I believe, Steve, you're going to whip out the first one.
1: Okay, let's go. So this is the first question here, Rachel. I currently perform in quite a demanding show and feel that I do tire easily. The start of the week after my day off, I feel great, but I do deteriorate as the week goes on. Are there any secrets to sustaining a constant vocal sound for eight shows a week? Help, Sam. Help.
2: Help sounds urgent. Uh, Eight shows a week is very demanding. Um, in general, I do think besides healthy technique, you have to take care of yourself. You have to stay in shape. You have to get sleep. You have to eat healthy. Um, all the things you should be doing anyway, um, you really have to do maybe a little bit more than, than the average person who has a regular nine to five, uh, job. It's very demanding on the body. Um, and in terms of, um, you know, vocal technique, there are ways to get through eight shows a week and not be hurting yourself. So I would definitely recommend, um, staying in lessons, making sure that you have, someone who is your champion and your cheerleader and looking out for you, uh, vocally, a lot of my clients book shows and then they stop taking lessons because they've gotten the job. And I really think it's important. It's the most important time to maintain your, uh, research and your, uh, practice and rehearsal on your voice, just making sure that you're in the best control of your instrument
0: right and and would you would you say that you that say is quite high on the priority uh for your clients who actually come to visit you? are they generally concerned about lasting that long when they come to see you?
2: um I think because if if they're in lessons and they haven't booked the job yet, they are much more concerned about doing a great job in the audition room. right yeah and uh it, that's why. I think no matter at, you know what level you're at, whether you've booked the show or you're just starting out, you really need to be working out consistently, just like you've probably heard this before where athletes yeah. work out in between games. It's your body and, and muscle memory, and we're changing all the time. We're growing. We're getting old. Things are moving. <laughs> things are getting tired, and, and uh, the things that you learn when you're nine years old might not work for you when you're 25. So just having someone outside of yourself listening and helping you be, you know, be in the driver's seat, I, I think is, is probably the most important thing Yeah, for a performer to just make sure that everything's working okay.
0: Sure. I I, just, I can certainly relate to living a healthy lifestyle and how that has translated to how my voice has felt in the last, I don't know, three or four years. Mm. Even just a, if I miss a couple of hours sleep over two nights on the weekend when we're doing gigs, the Monday my voice is just that little bit harder to manage where, and yes. where, where things can creep in, you know, the unsavory technique or whatever. So, you know, and that's just a couple of hours sleep and maybe just a little a little less water and that's it that's already making me feel a bit crappy
2: yes I agree and uh, you know for me I'm a very sensitive voice I, if I were to go to Disneyland and go on one ride and scream I'm like (laughs) done for the week (laughs) Um, and then I remember going to see a Lady Gaga concert and she got up on stage before she sang for two hours and just started screaming at the audience just how's everyone doing I won't even demonstrate it no. because I won't have a voice afterwards. But some people just have really strong voices, and some people just don't. And you just have to know your limits and your boundaries.
0: Mm, absolutely, which, which can be
1: helped by working with somebody. Oh thing. yeah, they yeah. can
0: give you that insight. I mean, I mean, uh, down on isn't it Vegas? It's twelve shows a week.
2: Oh really?
0: That's what I hear because there's so much more demand there. There's so many more visitors all the time that I'm pretty sure when I was speaking to Greg, who works in Vegas, Greg Enrique,
2: he was talking
0: about their schedule being 12 shows a week.
2: Well, I think that's more, you know, the variety shows and and the shows that are in the casinos, I think they do more than your, uh, you know, because Vegas, if you're not aware, um, Vegas has become, uh, you know, a new Broadway, in a sense, they have a lot of shows there now. But I don't think those the Broadway shows that are coming in are doing twelve shows a week. I think they must be shorter. I haven't heard about that yet. Uh, maybe I'm a little out of the loop. But that that's that's a lot of performing.
1: That would be a lot of performing. <laughs> but so I, I think what you touched upon there, Rachel, with the with the technique and. Um, and sustaining that. I think that actually leads really well onto the next question, funnily enough. Um, do you want to take that one, Nick? Yes, okay. <clears throat> so
0: uh, this one says, Thanks for the opportunity to get some questions answered by someone so in the know. That's you, Rachel. Oh, I tried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, nope. So uh, I don't
0: sorry if I. I <laughs> not <to> know everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so it says, Sorry if I ask too much, but here we go. How much do you find playing distinct character roles affects the technical aspect of singing? At what point is it okay to sacrifice, in inverted commas, technique, or is a strong grounding in technique a must before we even consider character roles? Many thanks from Sarah Muscle White.
2: It's a great question. Um, I think I think it brings up sort of a tangent that I'd like to discuss for a minute. And, and that is that, you know, having healthy technique is, is super, super important, but it's not about, and this might be controversial to some people, but with the coaches that I've been working with and and the people that are in my network, we've, we've kind of all agreed that it's not about singing, or, or even just using your voice, a hundred percent perfect. I'll put that in quotes. Or healthy all of the time. Sometimes you get a character role and you want to adjust your voice a little bit, um, or you're um, you're getting into the moment on stage and you want to push really hard, or uh, whatever it is that might not feel as natural or feel as good as when you are singing in a healthy technique. I think. I think the important thing to remember is that you just need to be in control of what you're doing. So, it, I do have a client who is a regular on a cartoon out here and it's been on television for a few years now and he just came to me because his voice is hurting. and. This is after a couple of years of doing it, and it's, it's now just starting to show. The, the dam is just, it's been a slow burn. And, um, you know, he did the voice for me, and I was, right away I was like, ow, that hurts me, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> just goodness. listening to it. And, you know, because his voice is already established as this character, it's very hard for him to now adjust it. But, um it, you know, if you're doing that for a short period of time, let's say you book a job that is uh, for a few days and you hurt yourself a little, but you know you're not going to be doing it all the time. I say then, you know, get your best voice out for that short term project, but you don't want to make a habit out of using that as a foundation from which you create these characters. It, I think that's why learning about healthy technique for your natural voice. Um, is, is so important so that when you do go for a character role, you're adjusting enough and keeping the, the healthy use of your voice intact and you're respecting your voice. Um, if you get eight shows a week or 12 shows a week in Vegas, you obviously don't want to be doing something that at the end of the night hurts you. It's just not okay. And there are a lot of producers and directors that are going to say, no, we want you to do that. We want you to yell. We want... And you just have to be strong and say, well, I'm going to lose my voice and probably get nodules and need surgery and no. <laughs> yeah.
0: So in best, in best case scenario then, you would find how much of that character you can apply to your voice that leaves you a little healthier. But, you know, for instance, if there is a director out there he's pretty stubborn... I mean, how common is that, that a director is like, no, I really need more of that, and that may cost you the role? Is that possible?
2: Um, I think it's important that we we make sure we know, we know how to deal with direction as artists. <laughs> if someone says something to us, we have to filter it through <laughs> our own experiences. If some director says, I want you to scream, or I want you to yell, or can you belt it out, or can you sing in your nose? Um, it's, it's good to try and figure out what they're actually wanting. Do they just want you to be louder? Because to get louder doesn't mean you have to hurt yourself. There are healthier ways to just get louder. Or if you're playing a character role and they want you to sing in your nose, but you start hurting yourself, there, there are healthy ways to sing in your nose. Um, so, again, going back to just finding the right professionals to help you with that, if you're having trouble with that, it just it can be done. It can be fixed. You just might not be able to cross certain lines. Mm. And this gets into, um, you know, more of my topic that I like to talk about, which is kind of reality checking yourself. And just knowing that we're not all meant to do everything my voice for instance like I wanted to sound like Jennifer Hudson and Patti Lapone and I'm just my voice shines and rings and sounds the best when I'm singing more lyric mezzo soprano musical theater that's just where my voice lives does it mean I can't sing down where they sing and sing really loud and get that you know bassiness in my voice uh of course I can, but it doesn't mean that's where my voice wants to really be. And uh, a lot of my clients want to be able to do everything. And of course, we work together on exploring all the options available. But at the end of the day, when you hear Patti Lapone sing, you know that she's probably not going to go play, you know, Cosette on Broadway as a soprano. There's just other people that are meant to do that more than she is.
1: So play to your strengths, really. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Just Put really
1: yourself forward sure for appropriate you know. roles, yeah. Excellent. Well, it's a great answer. Thanks, Rachel. So this next one as well it is it's to do with, I guess, the technical side of things. How do you address singing in highly choreographed shows? And that's from James Nathan.
0: Mm. One would presume he's getting out of breath maybe or something, you know. That's mm. the one thing I can think about.
2: I mean, get to the gym and get in shape. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> to start off with, done. It's really, <laughs>
2: easy. it's really easy to say that. I'm just like, just just run a little bit and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, it's tough. Uh, I, I have a lot of clients who come in, and, and it, it's very hard for them to be able to maintain the support while they're jumping around a the stage. Um, there are a bunch of little tricks like just starting to run a little bit more if you're not a run, you know, a regular runner or a jogger, um, and singing while you're running, uh, singing while you're moving around, just practicing that. Uh, but you obviously need to be in good shape, and um, sometimes just how, just like singers, we think we need to push to get things out. Um, I would ask yourself am I doing everything I can to save my energy while I need to be moving around as a singer um, you know that's so common for all of us to be working harder than we need to to get the voice out or to even be you know maybe you're putting too much energy into those dance steps which I know is harder to uh, back off of uh, you don't want to look like Gumby up there um, if you're doing a you know a really sharp, graph number but um just to you know try to save what you can and make everything as easy as possible
1: mm, it's a fine line i guess it's, it's an art in itself isn't it getting the, the balance between those two things but uh, like you say starting off with something that's going to mimic you being on stage and building up and building um experience in that is going to be the the way forward just l- learning right. it learning the two things together yeah. yeah
2: you know I, I I think again, going back to just making sure that your uh, your training is helping you that your your coaches are helping you not exert too much energy out while you 're moving a lot
0: mm. I mean there is a running theme with all this is that you just must continue training hmm. i yes. think with every with every th- question you 've answered it 's always been. Please don't stop training. Just keep training, and and you know, with Dave Stroud, it was um, uh, yeah, two episodes ago now. One a similar thing that he said was was that uh, technique, and he put it really well. Technique allows you to screw up. Yeah. You know, if the, the more what? you train, yeah, and I really think that put it really well because um, certainly I've seen students feel like that. They they come back to me and like. I had this gig, it sounded like I should not be able to speak the next day. You know, you're singing it thinking, I'm going to pay for this. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, mm, I'm OK. How on earth is this possible? <laughs> did
2: that happen?
0: But it's because you've you've trained enough to, for your voice to like, you know, let you off a few things, you know, a few injustices. And, you know, if, if that's dancing around and losing breath, if that's being a character and being a bit abusive, Um, The more you train, I I really believe the more you'll get away with and uh, you can probably fulfil a lot of those roles um, a little easier. Mm -hmm.
2: I, I just think it's so important to take time to research your voice it's that one hour a week or half hour a week or you know as often as you as you take to really get to know your voice more and more and more it's like being in a relationship you just need to keep communicating with your body and making sure that you're finding everything that's available to you because then you have so many choices And especially in musical theater, you're telling stories and you want to be human telling those stories and have all those emotional dynamics available. And if you don't have those, you are going to be limited in the energy you can exert and the the tones you can make. Um, So just keep, even if it's not with a coach, you know, if you can't afford lessons every week, make sure you are checking in with one. Um, without letting too much time go by, and then also practice and explore—not just practice performing, but practice <laughs> using your voice and what and the things that it can do.
0: Yeah, and and you know, coaching these days, um, there's there's a lot that you can send a student away with for four weeks. You know, things to work on. You know, several different sure. veins of training. Mm. And when they're back, and if they've spent a few hours each week trying it out, then you know it's not always entirely necessary to have them you know, as regularly as professional, you can still make progress. Yeah, Absolutely. good. Oh, amazing. Okay, that's that's great. That's a good one. So the next one is to do with auditions. So aside from getting around the fact I feel a little freaked out by the auditioning process, I mean, who doesn't, um, right. every time they have one, what are your top tips for auditioning? Uh, thank you, Rachel, from Emma
1: Griffiths from Epsom. And I think it'd be good to kind of, if you can stick this into three tips, Rachel. I think that'd be nice. Hey, tips. Yeah.
2: Hey, I got a lot more than that, but um, <laughs> I'll try to narrow them down. Um, I think I think the most important, uh, or the three top most important tips I can offer, uh, you have to remember to be yourself in there, even if you're singing a song playing a character that's nothing like you <laughs> just remembering that you are enough in that room trust your voice trust your choices trust the story you're telling just be you and be the best you in there um I would say on top of being yourself um uh well confidence kind of goes hand in hand with that just be confident in you uh, no one else is gonna be like you uh, a lot of people go into the room and think they need to create a whole other person um, in that room. But most of the time, we really just want to get to know you through the songs and through the parts you're playing. So uh, I, I kind of gave a tip in that speech, but uh, and my second tip in that speech. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Telling your best story. finding Finding a way to connect to the material that is meaningful for you. You can't just go in there and make sounds, pretty sounds, um, and, and, and deliver the lyrics and expect magic to happen if you don't know why you're saying what you're saying. Really diving into not just the sounds you would like to make on the song, but what is the emotional drive behind it? What is your subtext? Are you singing the words I love you because you're saying goodbye? Are you saying I love you because... Uh, you just met somebody, it will change the tone of what comes out of you. Um, So be yourself, tell your best story. And I think the third thing, this might sound really silly, but you really need to enjoy it. You really need to have fun in that room. Um, If they see you worrying about yourself, and what you're doing in there, they're going to be worried about casting you. So if you go in there, even if you're singing the saddest song in the world, we need to see that you love being up there in front of people and singing, and remember that they are rooting for you to have fun in there. They don't want to see you worrying about it. Um, So these these are ways that you can distract yourself from freaking out. During the audition process is just really concentrate on who you are, why you're saying what you're saying and enjoying that
1: yeah I love that I, I, that's one of the things that i uh, I love about you Rachel is um, is the way that you actually you embrace that all the time and um, from working with you over the past however long it's been um, it's one of the things that's changed my mindset in terms of teaching and my own voice you know somebody is based on function for most part of my life and the way technically things should be done. Um, and what you do is you really promote singing in its like rawest form in you know why are we singing what what we trying to do here we're trying to tell a story and it's going to be unique because it's coming from that individual person and that's the thing that I really get from you all the time and it's not you know it's not about going in that audition room and hitting the high notes and 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 impressing in that sense it's actually about doing it the way that it should be done which is what singing is about isn't
2: it To just be a reason for the high note and for the you know dramatic slide off a note because without without the meaning behind it, so if you're singing ooh and oh, you know, in the middle of it, like even in a pop song, let's say it happens more often, but uh, you know, you're singing a whole verse on an ooh or an ah, or you're saying a yeah, baby these little throwaway things that we, you know, that's a perfect example of when we kind of forget, Oh, that has to mean something. We can't just make these pretty sounds uh, without backing it up with something Mm. or else there is something missing. There's just no way around it. You will be missing that magic. And I think part of the fun in an audition room is to, is to give your own version of what, that is. What does that ooh mean for you? Not for the person who came in before you, but what what do you want to say with it? And and to get excited about delivering your version of that song with your story.
1: Mm. And back to Emma's point about her being freaked out by Auditioning, yes, you that, can that, distract yourself. Yeah, distraction. That thought process will really take your mind away from being freaked out by thinking about the reason why you're actually in there.
0: Mm. And do you know, I I know, um, you know, speaking to a lot of students, that you know, like like you say, you said earlier, they they don't want you to fail. They don't want you to make a mess of it. They're rooting for you to be awesome. And uh, but a lot of students think that they're sat there doing their best to make you shake. <laughs>
1: Well, is that what you do, Rich? Because you—you obviously you've—you've you've held auditions yourself before in this situation. Is that what you do? You—you want to see them shake? <laughs> yeah, you would better want them be good. To be better of me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, um you just got to remember they're they're people they they have a job to do. they need to cast the show if they're holding <laughs> auditions, sometimes they'll already have someone casting the part. they just want to see what their options are, but most of the time they're holding auditions because they're trying to find the person who belongs in this role. so go in there and show them that you've got something to to add. To their show, that you are special, that you are unique, that you are you, being you and, and bringing in um, your version of something, even if it's not their vision, if they see you make a very bold choice, if they see you that, that you're a person who's thought about this song and you've given it a life, that is invaluable.
0: Yeah. Okay. Could I ask you for another tip, if possible? As a, a really common thing that I see students struggling with is is actually song choices when they're looking to audition for um, conservatoires or schools or whatever. And uh, they're a bit stumped only because the auditioners, before they go, give them a hint and they kind of say look, don't sing lame is don't sing chorus line leave out those songs because they're actually hacked off of listening to them which i think is a little bit unfair but never mind so uh, yeah. so so they're always thinking oh my god i just need to choose something that isn't going to annoy my auditioner and so so surely you must um, go through that process a lot with with the people that you work with especially the younger ones
2: Yes, there. They, you know, it's unfortunate that sometimes you'll get a breakdown of a show, and they will tell you what they absolutely don't want to hear. Something's overdone. No Adele. Um, no
0: <laughs>
1: he is, yeah, we no hear I mean, you know, whatever.
2: <laughs> Whatever's hot at the time, and um, you know, they do get sick of hearing these things. My my opinion on this is that if you're really great and you still go in with something, they. And <laughs> you know, that was on their list. It's something that you do and you do it really well. They'll be okay with it. But yeah, maybe you stay away from the songs that annoy them. Um, that's why it's important to be exploring new material all the time. You want to have your audition pieces. I would say that you probably could get away with anywhere from four to ten pieces already ready to go. But um, that's why, again, Lessons are so great, really trying lots of different kinds of songs, different genres, different styles. In musical theater, um, it's all over the place now. You've got pop, you've got country, you've got, I don't know, there's probably a hip-hop musical. Oh, In the Heights, rapping. There's rapping in musicals now. Green Day has a musical. Uh, Light in the Piazza is is total you know, ode to classical operas again. Um, So, you know, you really have to be ready for anything. So if you've got your four to ten pieces, and I'm just throwing out that number loosely, you don't have to have four to ten pieces ready. But if you just have those pieces ready and that's all you do well, you might be faced with a, can you try this song? Or for the callback, I mean, for callbacks, you've got to learn new songs maybe in a day sometimes. So, being just fresh on your toes and being ready for anything is important.
1: Awesome. Yeah, just, uh, just I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm conscious of the time, your time here, um, Rachel, as well. But I um, just on that note, um, there's a I think there's a difference between the songs chosen for shows and songs chosen for if there's guys auditioning for theatre schools and you know training colleges and stuff and again I mean the UK might be slightly different as well but um but what you're saying there across the board I mean stick to their guidelines if they're really really kind of adamant that we shouldn't you're going to wind me up if you sing that song but aside from that just explore and you even go in do you say like even pop songs you can kind of
2: yes um I think people are scared to yeah if you're auditioning for a university um, or some 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 type of a conservatory, a lot of the times they are very traditional and they want very classic pieces. They'll say something like, "Please choose something from before 1960." Yeah. Um, and then one contemporary piece, and and it's so it's so messy nowadays. It's really you can you can really take any song and put <laughs> it into the genre that you want it to be. You can sing a pop song like an opera piece if you wanted to. Um, you can take um, you know, a male song, you can take a, a Prince song and turn it into a beautiful female singer-songwriter kind of song. Um, and, and these are accepted now in, in Broadway musical auditions. I don't know what uh, the schools are asking for and they usually will be very clear on their instructions. But if you're if you're looking for the right pieces, uh, you know, obviously, again, working with a coach, working with uh, somebody who can help you with your image, what would best suit you in in those situations. Maybe you play the nerdy guy really well, like the quirky nerdy guy, and you will never get cast as a uh, you know, leading man baritone. You're more of the sidekick, the friend. You just have to really know what you play well and go in there and show these people. And remember, they've never seen you before. So how do you want to be seen in that short amount of time? So um, picking, picking songs is, is overwhelming. Let's say you're looking for a contemporary musical theater piece people are always looking for the best song or the right song, you know, the perfect song and there just really is no such thing. There are tons of songs that you can sing, you just have to connect with it and again go back to the tips I mentioned before and uh, I've talked to Steve about you can change the melody around with the more contemporary pieces, you can choose more exciting melody lines if you're repeating a chorus why don't you go try some other things that they haven't seen from the first chorus? Mm. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do to a song now, and you can change the keys, and it's, it's a, there's a lot more freedom in choosing pieces nowadays, in, in the U.S. anyway.
0: Yeah, I think it's getting that way in the U.K., isn't it? Mm-hmm. Still a little bit stiff upper lip.
1: As usual. As we are. Yeah, just um, yeah, so, so uh, have to
2: everything ready. Just <laughs> ready for anything. It's live <laughs> Theater, folks.
1: <laughs> well, looking at the time, we uh, this is this this must be like a one-word answer, Rachel. If you could, um, if you... <laughs> so, this is the last question: How easy is it to make it, quote unquote, um, in musical theatre? It's my absolute dream, Sophia Day.
2: It's a great dream. Um, I would say it's extremely tangible. Um, obviously, there's the West End. There's Broadway they might seem like dreams, but um, I see so many people get into shows, and I might not think that they have the best technical voice, or maybe they're not telling their stories the best, or maybe they're not the best dancers, um, but they are moving people in those rooms, and they're they're doing enough to be able to book jobs. Um, and then I have the clients who I know are, are just natural stars. They walk in, I'm like, wow, you told your best story. Your technique's amazing. You dance, you can juggle, you can do everything. I mean, there are those people where you're just like, where did you come from? What There's you
0: something you from wrong with those water? people, though. There's always something wrong with those people. Maybe they can't yes. cook. Yeah,
2: They're probably just crazy anyway. Um, and people don't want to work with them, um, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. But, um, I see it happen all the time and there are, there are so many jobs to get. There are tours, there are conventions, there are, um, workshops, there are readings and people are always looking for talent, whether or not you're going to become a famous star from it. I mean, it's just like being an actor in Hollywood, uh, you know that that's just icing on the cake. You really just have to love the craft enough, and you have to love doing it enough to, um, you know, make a career out of it. You can make a career out of it, but most of the time, you're not going to be rolling in the dough from live theater. Even my, even my friends on Broadway, their shows is closed sometimes. And did I say shows is closed? Yeah,
0: it was it was English vaguely.
2: Oh my goodness. Their shows close sometimes yeah. in a matter of, <laughs> you know, six months, and then they don't have a job all of a sudden. Mm. Just because you make it doesn't mean you get to sustain.
1: Mm. And then waiting for the next audition, yeah. Mm. So and, you
2: have to you have to love it enough to struggle a little bit.
0: Yeah, and you said earlier, you know, if if there's if there's truly things like green day rap and all that business going on then the uh, the scope for different styles of singer is even wider so that must make yeah the amount of um, jobs available in that particular space even more broad so uh, it it really does look like it's opening up these days isn't it
2: yes so it's very it's very possible to book jobs your dreams can turn into jobs. It's
1: very, very possible. Beautiful. That's what what we'll call the episode. I hope that, yeah.
0: (laughs) Dreams into jobs. Oh, oh, seriously, you're inspirational. Sophie, Um, I
1: hope that answered your question for you there.
0: So uh, we'll wrap that up for you, because that was um, terrific information. We really hope uh, um, everyone gets something from that. I'm sure they will. But for uh, anyone who wants to find out more about you, are you able to tell us a little bit about where people can reach out to you and, and follow you?
2: Sure. Um, I'm really bad at Twitter, but um, you can definitely find my website and email me with any questions. I'm so enthusiastic about what I do and I'm, I'm happy to, you know, work with anyone over Skype. Uh, if you're not in LA or New York, um, my website is just rachellawrence.com and that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.
0: Splendid, well, and we will put that in the show notes so anyone sure. can um, can oh, click wonderful. through. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll link to that so it's easy to find. I must ask though,
1: Rachel, just before we go, how's Charlie? How's his how's his haircut? He... My
2: cat got a haircut. He's yeah. he's a Persian cat with lots of hair, and now he has none.
1: Is he with you there?
2: No, he's oh. not here. He's at home. But oh. um, so
0: he was long haired, but now he's short haired.
2: Yes, I feel like every musical theatre voice coach has a cat problem.
0: Uh, <laughs> Crazy cat lady. I,
2: I am I am obsessed with my little Charles. Uh, he's really cute and he likes show tunes, so I'm keeping him.
0: <laughs> he really has no choice, does he? What a lovely no. relationship. <laughs> he's given in. I think that's what really uh, happened. Uh, I so...
2: him to love <laughs> musicals. And I'm training my fiance too. He's worked,
0: he's worked it's clearly worked from the size of that ring.
2: Yes, I think he's uh I think he's uh learning some tenor ballads as we speak.
0: <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for your time, Rachel. We really appreciate it. Um
2: Thank you for having me. It was so fun.
0: Not a problem. And we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Take care.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. There she is. The wonderfulness that is
1: Rachel Lawrence, are we batting this back and forth? (laughs) How did that happen? I like that. Okay, we really hope you enjoyed that, Musical Theatre Lovers. We certainly did. It certainly opened my eyes at points, actually. And uh, when when hearing her talk
0: about the kind of person that succeeds in in an audition.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know,
0: the kind of person that really wants to be there, really performing is the thing that they love the absolute most, and that comes across in the audition that's the sort of person that they're looking for.
1: Yes. And yeah, absolutely. And and um there's one thing speaking to Rachel a lot you realize she is that kind of person. Yeah. It's not it's not a it's not fake and it's not a, a thing she puts on to be a vocal coach. No, no. It's it's really true and 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 as you just said then the fact that people have to be themselves and it's the people that are ripe for the part or ripe for that point in their life that make it. How great is that? Yeah, it's great. And when you can see somebody like that in, in the flesh, you know, in
0: your teaching room or whatever, and you can go, you're the, you're the person. Yeah. You're the person they look for.
1: Go ahead. Go and do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you do your thing. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, as we say, hope you enjoyed it. And um, like, as we said, we're going to put everything on the sh- in the show notes that we, that we said we'd link to in, in the interview there. So, and and next, next time, by the way, we are back to Q&A.
0: So if you have any burning questions about singing... Uh, anything to do with technique, career, style, whatever, please write on our Facebook wall, facebook.com forward slash questions
1: There are some other places you can find us. That would be Twitter, and that's at questions Pinterest, same thing, tnvquestions. And YouTube, the Naked Vocalist TV. If you search that, you'll find our channel with a bunch of videos. Lastly, iTunes love it and love us if you can give us a review and or a five-star rating. It only takes a couple of seconds to do a five-star rating. I didn't even give you a choice to put your own star in there. Just five. They only accept five. And
0: it it helps us to be searched by people just looking for us randomly for singing technique. So that's why it's also important. And you can get to that by going to thenakedvocalist.com
1: forward slash podcast. Let's get this information out there. Please share with your friends and families. In the meantime... Enjoy the build-up to Christmas, I will, and we'll see you soon. Ciao.